Howdy and welcome to episode 58 of the Daily Run through the book of Titus. And we are in Titus chapter 3. And again, this is one of those things I mentioned this last time that it's really easy to lose the context uh, in these short bit-by-bit uh, bit kind of Bible studies. But it's also easy to lose the context because of chapter divisions in the Bible. And this is one of those things you just have to be aware of, um, because a lot of times when we read, we just tend to stop at the end of a chapter. Uh, I don't know. I guess it just seems like, oh, that's a good spot to stop. Uh, when I was a kid, my I'd read in bed at nighttime. My mom would come by and say, it's time to turn off your light. And and I'd say, can I finish my chapter? You know, and sometimes she'd say yes. And she'd say, finish your page, you know. Um, but it's important to understand what chapter, how chapter two ended, right? And so chapter two ended where Paul is telling Titus, you know, as a, as a pastor to this church, um, you know, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine. You know, that's, that's what he's been telling him in chapter two to do. And he kind of goes through the different groups of people within the church. And it ends, he, he says, you know, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Speak these, speak these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority, let no one despise you. Now, chapter 3 goes right along with this, right? He says, remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work. Now, now I don't know if you've noticed this, this little trend here, but he keeps bringing up good works. He keeps bringing up being, you know, be ready to do good works. We are saved for good works. This is something, again, that is so often left out um, when people talk about about being a Christian. They, they leave out the good works part. And it's like this, this fear of that word, the word works because, you know, we're not saved by works. You know, it's, it's not by, it's by grace we're saved, not by works, lest any man should boast, but we're saved so that we might do good works. I mean, that's not the only reason we're saved, but that's definitely one of them is that we're saved to do good works. We're set free from the power of sin, so we're not ruled by it, so that we can do good works. We can walk in faith, in righteousness, and holiness, and godliness, that we can live a life that's different and that's pleasing to God. That's that's a big part of this whole Christian thing. And so he says, you know, remind them to be ready for every good work. But the first part he says there is remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities. Be subject to rulers and authorities. See, this is one of those things, again, that sometimes Christians don't like. We like to say that we are not citizens of this of this world, that we have a greater citizenship. We're citizens of heaven. That I'm a slave to no man, but I am I'm a you know, I'm free in Jesus. But again, like you said before, when you talked about slaves you know, being obedient to their masters and, and not pilfering, not stealing from them, you know, but being, again, being that light to them. And he says, be subject to rulers and authorities. Well, there's a lot of reasons for this. Again, one of them is we want to, 
see those people saved. And so we want to make sure our life is not you know, repulsive to them. But also there's an order to society. And, and, you know, Paul talks about that in a number of his other letters about, uh, you know, I think like uh, Romans 13, um, you know, about that God places these people in positions of authority and that these authorities help keep society from falling into complete chaos. But he says, rulers and authorities to obey. Well, well, how far do we go with that? Well, I think the simple answer is, is, is just this. You honor and obey them. You know, you, you submit and obey to them as long as what they are commanding or asking you to do does not cause you to go against a higher authority. And higher authority in this case, of course, would be would be God. So if your author, if the authority is asking you to do something immoral or illegal, or they're ask you know asking you to to do something that is that goes against what God's word says, well then you don't do that. So if they're asking you to murder people, I mean, then you say, well, no, I'm not going to do that. If they're asking for you, or they're commanding you to. Um, to publicly publicly proclaim something to be acceptable and um, and normal that the Bible says is abhorrent or wrong. Well, you can't do that. You can't. You know, the 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 law might say I have to I have to say this or I have to do this, but if it goes against God's God's uh, rules, God with God's word, well then I don't do it. And so. This is, you know, we, we saw a lot of this coming up with, you know, with mask ordinances, you know, where pe- churches were told you cannot operate, you need to shut down and people in the church have to wear masks and people in the church cannot sing. And there were those, those, there were those pastors that were saying, well, we're going to honor the, uh, the commands of the government. And others were saying, no, I'm sorry, the government doesn't get to say that. Um, they don't get to tell us we can't worship because our God has called us to worship. And they would point to things like Daniel praying when he was told that they weren't to pray. He got him thrown in the lion's den. Um, you know, and that's that's the, the thing that you have to understand is that when you stand against the government and authorities and you say, no, I'm not going to do that, you can, you know, in America, you might kick and scream, but ultimately there's a consequence. Right? And we see this happen a number of times when, when um, when Peter and John are preaching and they're told not to, you know, uh, by the by the authorities at the time, they're like, I'm sorry, who are we going to listen to? Should we obey man instead of God? No, and even if there's consequences and they're beaten or they're thrown into prison, it doesn't matter because they're going to be obeying God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego told to bow down before a statue and worship it, but they said, no, we can't do that. Now, were they subject to the rulers and authorities? They were, um, and to obey them, but not when they were commanded to do something that went directly against what God has said. And that's the that's the that's the simple standard. Am I being called to do something that goes against what God has said? 
And of course, there are greater intricacies of that. You know, when it gets to things like the, the mask ordinances, where you have ordinances being made that are perhaps unconstitutional. And then it's like, well, wait a minute, am I going to listen to the authorities? Or am I going to be subject to the higher authority, the Constitution of the United States? And and that's a, that's a, a greater debate, I think. Um, and I think sometimes that comes down to personal conviction um, on those areas. But ultimately, ultimately, it's a simple thing. And the same thing for children in their parents' home, you know, honoring and obeying parents, unless the parents are asking to do something that goes against a higher authority. If the parents are asking you to do something that goes against God's word, well, then it's one of those things where you say, you know what? I love you and I care about you, but I can't go against what God's word says. And you might get grounded forever. I don't know. But your job is to honor your God first. When it says to be subject to rulers and authorities or wives be, you know, um, submit, submit to your husbands. Well, if your husband is asking you to do something that, that goes against what God has said, if your husband is saying you can't go to church, well, hmm, what do I do? Do I disobey what God has said? Or do I dishonor my husband? And far too often, people make the wrong choices on those. People make the wrong choices. Because it's going to be harder to live peaceably in that home. But there's those times to say, look, I love you and I want to honor you. That's what I'm called to do. But I'm called to honor my God first. And so I'm going to go and I'm going to worship him and I'm going to come back here and I'm going to make you lunch or whatever. Who knows? You know, I, I don't know the family dynamic, but anyway, ultimately that's, that's the order. Honor God first, submit to God first. If you are submitting, to, being asked to submit to a ruler or an authority and they're going against what he said, go with what God said. I think I beat what do you call that? I think I beat that point to death. All right. We'll talk more next time. God bless you.